Listeners, before diving into this episode, I just want to put out a huge trigger warning. In this episode, I will be discussing eating disorders, anorexia, symptoms of anorexia, and other mental health issues. If you are easily triggered by this, I highly suggest that you listen with caution or do not listen to this episode. I will preface every episode with this trigger warning because I will be discussing very sensitive topics that some may not be able to handle. I want everyone to feel safe in this environment and to just keep in mind that this podcast is an educational podcast meant to spread awareness on eating disorders and my journey through them. Everything mentioned in these episodes will be real, genuine content. No sugarcoating and no holding back. Welcome back to another episode of Reasons for Recovery. Again, thank you so much for all of the support so far. It means the world to me. And in today's episode, I will finally be digging into my reasons for recovery. Yes, this is the moment that you guys have been waiting for. These past two episodes were sort of like a get-to-know-me and my story, but now we are going to get into what this podcast is really all about and the reason why I really started this podcast. And like I said in the previous episodes, today's reason we are going to be discussing is the symptoms of eating disorders. Now, I would say that this is definitely my number one reason that I wanted to start recovery because dealing with the symptoms of anorexia every single day was like an absolute struggle for me. It made me hate life and also made my normal everyday living situation really, really difficult. What I thought I would do is I would pull up a list of symptoms that you can experience with an eating disorder and kind of just run down and talk about my personal experiences with each of them. This way, I can kind of just show you guys how truly terrible it was to live like this every single day and how starting recovery was so much better than living like this. Some of these symptoms are mainly centered around anorexia because that is what I suffered from, but the majority of these symptoms are universal and they can be experienced with pretty much any eating disorder. So let's get on into the symptoms. Basically all I did was I just looked up a list of eating disorder symptoms on the Mayo Clinic, and it has broken it down into physical symptoms and emotional and behavioral symptoms. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with the physical symptoms. A few of these symptoms are going to be, like, very, very obvious, and I'm still going to talk about each one of them and share my experiences with them. For example, The very first one on this list, extreme weight loss or not making expected developmental weight gains. Like I said, a very, very obvious one. But um, I stated in previous episodes that it wasn't just like a gradual weight loss that would be healthy, you know? But it was the fact that I was losing weight at such a rapid pace 
is that's what made it so unhealthy and so bad on my body. I talked about in the last episode, in my backstory, how I started off with a very slow, gradual, healthy way of losing weight, but then the more and more involved I got in my eating disorder, the more rapid my weight loss was. And that's what made it so disordered, because it's not healthy to be losing weight at such a rapid pace like that. The next symptom is thin appearance. Again, another obvious one, but I had many different experiences with the whole thin appearance. You know, when you lose weight, you still, like, if you're a girl and you lose weight, you still have, you know, some sort of, like, figure to you. Like, you still have an appearance that makes you look like a woman, you know? (laughs) Um, But as for me, I lost literally all of my womanly figure. I mean, I lost my everything from the top to the bottom. (laughs) Like, the only reason that you could tell that I was a woman was my facial features, because other than that, I was a stick. I was a stick if I turned sideways, and I was a stick if I looked forward. Like, I had no curves to me whatsoever, and it's because I lost it all when I was suffering from anorexia. I had no boobs, I had no butt, I had no curves whatsoever. And that's not healthy at all, especially for a person that's known for having curves. Like, I I usually have a little bit of a figure to me, and I completely lost that all when I suffered from anorexia. The next one, uh, this one is not talked about a lot because... You know, there's a whole stigma around that anorexia just means you're skinny, which it doesn't. Uh, But this one says, abnormal blood counts. I most definitely had a lot of experience with abnormal blood counts. I talked about this in the last episode in my backstory, how when I went to the ER for the first time and I'd got my blood taken, and the results came back with literally every single thing possible that could be wrong with me. My liver enzymes were terrible, my kidney enzymes were terrible, my heart was, like, failing. It was a whole mess. Anything that could be wrong with my blood counts was wrong with my blood counts. And, like I said, literally nobody talks about that. Like, when you think of someone who has anorexia, you don't think of, like, oh, their blood counts are off. Like, you don't think about that. You just think, oh, they're skinny. But anorexia is way way more than just being skinny, and I really want to get that point across because not a lot of people really understand that. The next symptom on this list is fatigue. Definitely 100% had so much fatigue when I suffered from anorexia. I was constantly tired all the time. I said in the last episode that I would take so many naps a day. I would come home from school or come home from work just so tired and so drained. I had gotten to the point where I'd forced myself to go on runs or forced myself to exercise because I was so drained physically that I didn't have the strength to do it, but my body still wanted to go do it because I was so obsessed with exercising that I I needed to do it or I would go insane. So even when I was like so drained physically, I would still force myself to go exercise or go run, which would make me even more fatigued and more tired, and I just had, like, an extreme loss of energy for, like, 
months on end because I wasn't doing anything about it. No matter how much I slept, I was still fatigued and so tired all the time. And this next one kind of counteracts with that. It's insomnia, uh, which I honestly did not even think was a symptom because I never experienced insomnia when I suffered from an eating disorder. The only time I ever experienced insomnia was when I was going through recovery and I was put on a lot of medication to sort of mitigate my mental issues that I was dealing with. And um, I think being on all of that medication at once kind of messed with my brain and gave me a lot of sleepless nights. So when I was suffering from anorexia, I was never an insomniac. Like I just said in the last point, I slept a lot. I slept a ton. I slept at night and I slept all during the day. So I was definitely not an insomniac. I never had a sleepless night because I was so tired all the time. But when I was in recovery, I had a lot of sleepless nights. And I really just think that's because of all the medicine that I was taking. It was making me stay up at night. And it got to the point where I was taking all these different types of medicines to help me fall asleep. Like, I took melatonin, Ambien. My doctor prescribed me, like, three different types of sleeping pills that were supposed to help me go to sleep. And literally none of them helped me at all. They helped me fall asleep, but I did not stay asleep. I would take those pills and I would go to sleep for maybe, like, an hour and I would wake up. And I wouldn't go back to sleep for like another five to six hours. Like, I, I would be up all night long. And that problem did not get solved until I completely quit all my medication, like cold turkey. And I stopped all of my antidepressants, all that stuff that I kept getting put on. And now I sleep completely fine. I honestly think it was just the medication that was messing with me and causing me to have a little bit of insomnia. But now we're good. And we're all back to normal. This next one is a big one. Uh, dizziness or fainting. Now, I definitely experienced this a lot when I suffered from an eating disorder. And mainly suffered, and I mainly suffered from dizziness, not necessarily fainting, um, until later on in recovery. That's when I started experiencing a lot of fainting. But throughout my journey through anorexia, I experienced a lot of dizziness, especially like when I would stand up from sitting down for a long time, and that was because my iron levels were terrible. I had like a terrible, terrible iron deficiency, so I was dizzy quite a lot. But I never experienced like fainting or anything until after I had started recovery and I was put on all that medication, and like I had stated in a few episodes back, I was given doses for a normal-sized human being, and keep in mind, I was the size of a child when I was taking these medications, so it really messed with my brain a lot, and like, I would faint all the time because I was practically overdosing on antidepressants. And finally, I got it all sorted out and fixed to where I wouldn't be fainting as much anymore and all throughout my recovery I suffered from dizziness and fainting and it wasn't until I became completely physically recovered that I stopped dizziness and fainting and all that stuff and 
I became completely physically recovered from anorexia in December of 2020, so not even four months ago. So I was experiencing dizziness up until four months ago. This next one I did not experience ever, and I don't really ever remember experiencing this if I did, but the next one says bluish discoloration of the fingers. I personally never had any experience with that. The only discoloration of my skin that I experienced was um, I was jaundiced a lot, and that just means like your skin is like a yellowish color. I was very, very jaundiced, but I never had blue fingers. And I'm thinking that might be due to the fact that, like, when you get cold, you know, your fingers kind of go numb quickly because they're, like, the least meatiest part of your body. And I'm thinking maybe that's where that comes from. Like, maybe, you know, you don't have any circulation in your fingers and that they turn blue. I don't know. But I've never experienced that. The next one, I definitely experienced. <laughs> 100%. Hair that thins, breaks, or falls out. Definitely 100% experienced this. Now, if you knew me before I suffered from an eating disorder, I had very long hair. I had hair that was almost down to my butt. It was, well, it was practically touching my butt. I had very, very long hair. And I took pretty good care of it. It was kind of like the biggest thing about me. Like, it's the one thing that I took care of the most on my body. And I treasured it and I didn't ever want to cut it off. I was, like, so attached to my long hair. I told myself I was never going to have short hair because I just wanted my hair to be longer and longer and longer. But then I suffered from anorexia, and anorexia, little did I know, makes your hair fall out. And I'm not talking, like, just a few stray hairs every now and then. I mean, like, clumps of hair. Like, I'm suffering from a disease kind of falling out. Um, whenever I took a shower, I would literally pull clumps out of my head. Like, big clumps of hair. Whenever I brushed my hair, I would brush out clumps of hair. And there would be times when I would brush my hair and, like, I'd look on the counter and there would be hair all over the counter because it just kept continuously breaking and falling out. And once I had completely physically recovered from anorexia, or at least I was very, very close, I noticed that my hair just kind of wasn't really going back to how it used to be. It was still very, very damaged, very thin, and it was still falling out. So I was like, there's literally no other solution to this besides cut my hair. I really didn't want to cut my hair because, like I said, I loved my long hair and I told myself I was never going to have it short, but... I ended up cutting it all off. I cut it up to my shoulders because I knew if I needed to start fresh, it was going to have to be that high up and that much hair. So I cut it off to my shoulders and I was like, all right, this is just a new start. You know, it'll grow out in maybe a year, year and a half. It'll be back to normal. But then about a week went by of me with short hair and I freaking loved it. I loved having short hair. I found out it was so much easier to take care of. It was so much better to have than long hair. I, I found out that I kind of pull off short hair more than I did long hair. And I just kind of fell in love with having short hair. And I didn't know that I would. So now I don't really want to go back to having long hair. And I've kept my hair short for about 
five or six months now, and I don't plan on changing that, and I've kept it shoulder length since then. But yeah, now it doesn't fall out or break off, and it's definitely not thin anymore, so it worked in the end. The next one I definitely had experiences with. For all the ladies that experience anorexia, you will have the absence of menstruation. I talked about this in the last episode. I lost my period my senior year of high school, and at first I just dismissed it as, oh, I'm just exercising a lot and being a distance runner, you know, it, it'll happen, I'll get it back eventually, and I never did, and that was because I was suffering from anorexia, <laughs> and I wasn't properly nourishing my body, but I wasn't quite sure how you lose your period when you suffer from anorexia, like I wasn't quite sure how that worked. Then I looked it up, and I saw that basically how it works is when your body is lacking nourishment and food, it goes into a starvation mode, kind of like a hibernation for animals, but instead in humans, <laughs> and basically your body is trying to store up every bit of nutrients that it can, and once it feels like it has reached that amount of nourishment, it will start to shut down every system of your body until you are completely, like, dormant. So when I started starving myself, my body went into this starvation mode and started shutting down different systems, and I guess my reproductive system was the first to go, because I lost my period very, very quickly. <laughs> but thankfully, it came back after not having it for over two years. That was actually the last physical aspect that I was missing in my recovery. Like, I was completely recovered in every other department except for having a period back. And finally, in December of 2020, I got it back. And now that makes me, like, 100% recovered physically. But yeah, the absence of menstruation is very, very important. It's not a good thing if you lose your period. I cannot reiterate that enough. The next one's a little gross, I will admit, but it is <laughs> it is a big physical symptom for people with eating disorders. Um, constipation and abdominal pain. Even though I said it's gross, I definitely experienced this a lot. Not so much abdominal pain, but I did get constipated a lot. And I remember the first week that I went to college, like that entire week, I had so many bathroom troubles. And I remember I came home that weekend and my mom was like, here, we need to let you take a laxative and that should help you. So I took a laxative and, you know, I did my duty. <laughs> and um, then I did not expect it to take a turn like this, but... It got to a point more and more and more into my journey through anorexia that I started to rely on laxatives to help me go to the bathroom, which is not healthy at all, because I was constipated, like, 24-7 when I was anorexic, because, obviously, I'm not eating anything, so why? how would I be going to the bathroom? So, I took a lot of Miralax, <laughs> a lot, when I was anorexic, and I kind of got 
hooked on it and addicted to it, which is not good at all. It was kind of the only thing I really got addicted to in anorexia outside of like exercising and running. But thankfully I'm not like that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it that it's a it's a scary thing to suffer from that because even though it sounds gross, it it can lead to much much worse things like being addicted to consuming Miralax because if you didn't know this, um one of the big symptoms of like anorexia like with dismissing your food or like expelling it from your body somehow you know my my biggest thing was running and exercising that's how I got rid of my calories and got rid of my food I think the most common one would be like throwing it up and stuff but there's another way you can do it and that's by like taking Miralax or other laxatives and getting rid of it that way and I had gone through a phase where I was kind of doing that for a while because I thought that, you know, the more that I was able to use the bathroom, the less I would weigh. Not a healthy mindset, I know. <laughs> but thankfully, we don't live like that anymore. Now, this next symptom I was just talking about a minute ago, dry or yellowish skin. I was very, very jaundiced all the time. I had super yellow skin. I looked like a Simpsons character. The last picture that I took of myself before I was admitted into the hospital, it shows, like, intensely. Like, I look so yellow in the face. You can, you can tell that I am very jaundiced in that picture. My skin was definitely also very, very dry as well. I had to use a lot of lotion <laughs> when I was anorexic. This next one is a very, very big one. And I know I say this for like every single symptom so far, but this is probably like in the top five worst symptoms that I experienced. And that is intolerance of cold. I cannot stress to you enough how cold and miserable I was for like over a year when I suffered from anorexia. I was cold in every single season, summer, winter, fall, spring, I was cold. I was dumb enough to choose to be the most anorexic in my life in the dead of winter. That's a joke, don't take that seriously, but it is true. I was at my worst when it was winter, when it was the dead of winter, uh, and I was at my lowest weight in the middle of winter. When I would go on runs, it would be like maybe 35, 40 degrees, and you know, if you're a runner, you would think, oh, I'm gonna put on a jacket and some leggings and maybe like some earmuffs or something to go on a run in 35 degree weather. Nope. I put on way more than that because I knew that my scrawny little body would not be able to survive in temperatures at 35 to 40 degrees. So I would go out on runs in thermal leggings on top or underneath leggings underneath sweatpants, so three layers of pants, and then I would wear super thick fuzzy socks um, underneath my shoes, and then for a shirt I would wear an undershirt, a long sleeve shirt, and then a short sleeve shirt, and then a jacket on top of that. So four layers of clothing, four layers of shirts. I would go on runs like that every single day in the cold because I knew if I just wore like a shirt and a jacket I was not going to be able to make it. Oh, and I wore mittens as well. I always wore mittens because my hands would get 
so frozen solid, so cold, so easily, because they were so tiny and so bony. I would also go to class like that. I remember going to all of my classes in, like, winter gear, even in the dead of fall. Like, I would be bundled up in this huge jacket, mittens, like, headbands, and like five layers of clothing while everyone else around me is just in like a jacket at the most. And I went like that every single day because I was so cold no matter where I went. And it got to the point where I was so afraid to go outside sometimes because I knew that it was cold outside. And I knew the second that I stepped outside, I was going to freeze my butt off. I, I was so intolerant of the cold. I hated it. It was the worst symptom I had. Even in the middle of summer, I was still cold somehow. I would be bundled up in like three blankets in my room and people would ask me like, how in the world are you bundled up? It's like 80 degrees outside. And I would just be like, I don't know, I'm just cold. I'm just a cold natured person. But yeah, I, I swear being cold all the time was not fun. And I know that anyone else that has suffered from an eating disorder can attest to that because being cold is like the worst thing ever, and being constantly cold every single day for years is like ultimate suffering right there. This next symptom is irregular heart rhythms. I definitely suffered from this. Um, like I said before, my blood counts were very, very off, which also led to my heart rhythms being off as well. Like I had stated in the last episode, I wear this Garmin fitness watch that like tracks my running and stuff, and I still wear it to this day, but back when I was suffering from an eating disorder, I would get a notification almost every single day, and sometimes twice a day, that my heart rate, or like my heartbeat, heart rhythm, whatever, was abnormal. And I would always dismiss it like it was nothing. And in reality, that's not something you need to ignore. And I chose to ignore it, which was a very, very bad thing for me to do. But I did it anyway. <laughs> and I really shouldn't have. I really, really shouldn't have. This next one, I only ever experienced one time ever in my life. And I never experienced it ever throughout my journey of anorexia. But it's the swelling of arms or legs. Every time I went on a run, my legs wouldn't get swollen, but they would get a lot more sore than they would now if I went on a run. But I'm pretty sure that's just because I didn't have any muscle mass. But there was one time in particular, it was right after I had gotten my first job at that coffee, ho at that coffee house in Starkville, where my one of my arms just like swelled up for no reason. Like it was very sore and it and it was swollen, and, like, it had no reason to be that way, and now looking back at it, I think it was because of my anorexia. I couldn't really tell you why, because I'm not a doctor, and I don't know how any of this works, but that was really the only time I had, like, a swelling of my arm or leg. Now, this next one I definitely didn't have any experience with, because I never did this ever throughout my journey in the eating disorder, um, eroded teeth and calluses on the knuckles from induced vomiting. Now, I've already told you guys before that I never vomited, never did any of that. I never induced my vomiting. I literally haven't even vomited since I was, like, a little kid. I'm terrified of vomiting, and that's, like, the last thing I'd ever want to make myself do. 
So I've never even like thought about getting rid of my calories that way. I never ever did that. So that was all of the physical symptoms. The next thing on the list is emotional and behavioral symptoms. So this list only has three behavioral symptoms, but they're all very, very close to home. <laughs> the first one is severely restricting food intake through dieting or fasting. Now, we already talked about this in the last episode in my backstory, that I started severely restricting my calories in so many different ways, like not just from reducing my food intake, like I did it through so many different types of diets, I did lots of different types of fasting, like I did anything under the sun that you can think of with dieting, I did that. And like I said in the last episode, the more and more you get into an eating disorder, the worse it becomes. So, you know, it started off as, oh, I'm just gonna cut out this, oh, I'm just gonna stop eating this. I just won't eat as much of this, but then that slowly turned into, like, I'm gonna skip lunch. I'm not gonna eat but only a thousand calories today. I'm terrified to eat this. I'm terrified to eat that. And it just gets worse and worse and worse the more you let yourself stray down that path. The next one is exercising excessively. Now, you guys definitely know that this was my main way of losing weight. I exercised so much so many times a day, so many hours a day, and so intensely to the point where I was literally just killing my body day by day. And just like I said in the last bullet point, it doesn't get any better the more you allow that to take over. The more you allow yourself to just keep doing those bad habits, the worse and worse it's gonna get. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And I definitely didn't. Like, I just wanted to start running one day as a hobby and then all of a sudden I'm in the hospital because I'm running way too much. Like, it just gets out of hand so quick that you don't even realize it. Like, it's just, within the blink of an eye, you're, you're excessively doing something and you don't even know it. And that's how an eating disorder can really trick your brain. It can make you think that something is okay and something is healthy, but it's not. And it won't get any better the more you keep doing it. So the next one... I already talked about once, but I'm going to kind of reiterate it a little bit more. Binging and self-induced vomiting to get rid of food, which may include the use of laxatives, enemas, diet aids, or herbal products. So like I had just said, I never did self-induced vomiting. I never made myself vomit to get rid of food. Never. I couldn't even imagine myself doing that. But like I had just stated, I did use laxatives. I did use laxatives every now and again to try to get rid of my food because I was so convinced that the more that I was going to the bathroom, the less I was going to weigh. And I honestly don't think I've ever really told that to anybody, like not even my family. I think that me discussing this on the podcast is the first time I've actually ever told somebody about it, so surprise! <laughs> but yeah, I don't do that anymore. Just letting you know. <laughs> But yeah, I th I never used like enemas or diet aids or herbal products, but I definitely did start taking laxatives a lot in order to try to get rid of food. And like I already mentioned, not a good way to do things. <laughs> so now moving on to the more emotional signs of anorexia or eating disorders in general. The first one is preoccupation with food, which sometimes includes cooking elaborate meals for others, but not eating them. 
I most definitely 100% suffered from this, and I didn't even realize that this was a symptom of anorexia, or an eating disorder in general. I loved to cook. I loved baking. I always did it as a hobby. I always cooked in my free time and baked in my free time and made all of these elaborate things, but I would never eat them. I found myself never eating anything that I made. I would always make it for other people or I would end up throwing it away because I was like, nobody's going to eat this. And I literally thought nothing of it. I thought nothing of it whatsoever that this was a sign of anorexia. And my first job that I ever got was as a baker in a coffee house. And I'm not gonna lie, I apologize to my boss if she's watching this, or my ex-boss if she is watching this, but when I first started that job, I was in love with it because I loved baking. I was absolutely obsessed with baking and everything about it, so I really, really loved my job. But the more that I started recovering from anorexia, I slowly realized that I don't love baking as much as I thought I did. So by the end of that job, right before I quit and started a new job, I <laughs> really didn't like working there. And that wasn't because of the atmosphere or the people there or anything. It was just because I started to not like baking anymore. I didn't enjoy it as much as I did when I was suffering from anorexia because I was finding joy in making food for people and not eating it because that was a symptom of anorexia. And now that I wasn't anorexic anymore, I realized I just wasn't drawn to baking as I thought I was. The next one is frequent skipping meals and refusing to eat. I did do this a lot, and I'm pretty sure this is a very, very common and obvious one. I told you guys before in the last episode, I skipped meals a lot. I would reduce my meals to like two meals a day and then down to one meal a day. I usually skipped lunch or I would like eat something really, really small for lunch or like breakfast or something. So typically if I skipped a meal, it would either be like completely skipping a meal or I would replace it like with something really, really small to just say that I ate, but I really didn't. And there were a lot of times where I turned things down that I really, really wanted to eat, but I refused to eat instead because I always had that fear like, I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to get sick if I put this food in my body, which I knew I wasn't, but I refused a lot of things. I refused so many different things that I really, really loved eating. And looking back on it, like, I suck for doing that because I wanted food so bad and my brain would just make me turn it down when I knew I really wanted it. The next one is kind of similar. It's denial of hunger or making excuses for not eating, which I definitely did do a lot as well. I would have a lot of times where my friends would go out and we would go eating somewhere or like to an ice cream shop or like yogurt shop or something and I would refuse to eat. I would never take part in eating with my friends most of the time because I didn't really like eating in front of people. I was very insecure when it came to eating in front of people. A lot of times I would make it to where I would eat by myself alone where nobody could see me because I just I hated people staring at me or being around me when I ate and I'm pretty sure that was because I didn't want people judging me for what I was eating or how much or how little I was eating I didn't want that put on me 
So I would always not eat when I was around friends or family because it just made me feel very insecure about myself. The next one is eating only a few certain safe foods or usually low in fat or low in calorie foods. I definitely did this too. Another pretty obvious um, symptom. I would say my safe food that I ate all the time was salads because there's literally no caloric value to salads in, unless you put protein in them, but you know, I didn't. But I would find myself eating salads like every single day as a meal. And I'm not talking like healthy nourishing salads, I am I mean like salads with lettuce, carrots, maybe tomatoes, mushrooms, not cheese. Don't even dare putting cheese on that because that's calories. But I mean like it would be a very very bland tasting salad. And I remember I would always buy those super expensive zero-calorie dressings to go on the salad because it was zero calories. And the less calories, the better, you know? But I would always find myself eating that, or I would always eat, like, rice cakes or just stuff that was so low in calories and so bland, but it made me happy to eat them because I, I would make myself think oh, I'm eating food, I'm doing fine, but in reality there was no caloric or nutritional value to the food I was eating. The next one is adopting rigid meal or eating rituals such as spitting food out after chewing. I talked about this in the last episode. This was one of the big eating disorder habits I had. I would always find myself craving something that I kept restricting. I would restrict so much food and it would get to the point where I was like, I really, really want this food, but I do not want to eat it because I know if I eat it, I'm going to gain weight. That was my mentality, even though that wasn't true. I wasn't going to gain weight from eating a food that I really loved. And I would always find myself buying that food, making it, chewing it, and then spitting it out. I swear, if you guys saw what my trash can looked like during this time in my life, you would be disgusted because it was just a bunch of chewed up spit out food. It it was oh my gosh, it was just it's just disgusting thinking about it now that I actually did that and that I actually made myself do that. I'm I feel so dumb and so stupid looking back at it, but there's some things that you do in your eating disorder that makes you feel like an idiot once you have recovered, but you got to realize that you go through all of these struggles to learn and to grow and to become a stronger person. So yeah, you might reach an extremely low point in your life during your journey through an eating disorder, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you've got to go through all of that suffering in order to experience the freedom at the end of all of this. The next one I already kind of talked about a little bit, it is not wanting to eat in public. Like I had just discussed, um, whenever my friends would go out to like a restaurant or the yogurt shop, uh, my friends in high school loved going to Yogurt Mountain. That was like their big spot to go to in high school. Um, but I never really joined in. I mean, I would a few times, but not like every single time because I was just scared to eat in public, it made me terrified to think about because, like I had stated already, I felt so insecure about what I was eating 
all the time. If people were to see me, like, what would they think? What would they say? Would they judge how much I was eating? Would they judge how little I was eating? I, I always had those thoughts running through my mind. And I always got very insecure whenever I would come home and eat meals at home because I knew somebody was going to say something about how little I would eat and that would happen. A conversation or something would spark up with my parents about how little I would be eating that day and it always just made me feel like a terrible person inside and it made me just grow more and more insecure about eating in front of people. The next one is lying about how much food has been eaten. I did do this a lot too. I used to call my mom on the phone every single day when I first started college and I would usually call her on my way to the gym and my way out of the gym and she would always ask me like what did you eat today uh, what are you about to go eat and I would always lie to her I <laughs> I apologize mom if you are watching this or listening to this I am sorry in advance about what I'm about to tell you but um I would always lie about what I had eaten that day. Um, I would always make up some elaborate, like, meal that I had eaten when in reality I had probably eaten nothing. And then when I typically would call her, it would be, like, right around dinner time. And I would tell her, like, oh yeah, I'm going to the cafeteria now. I'm gonna go get whatever they have on the menu. And then I wouldn't go to the cafeteria. I would just go back to my room and not do anything at all. Yeah, I, I feel terrible, absolutely terrible looking back on it, but like I keep saying, an eating disorder messes with your brain so much and makes you become this completely different person that you don't even recognize when you look back, and that that's exactly how I feel. Like, I don't even recognize myself when I look back and realize I did all those things, and that's just sadly how it is with an eating disorder. The next one is fear of gaining weight. That may include repeated weighing or measuring of the body. I did this a lot as well. <laughs> I um, weighed myself every single day and not just once a day. It would be like three to four times a day and I would always weigh myself after every single meal and of course when you eat you're gonna gain a little bit of weight because you're putting food into your body. But obviously that weight's not going to stay on. But my brain could not wrap around the fact that I would gain weight in a certain amount of time. So I would always go and exercise and then weigh myself after the exercising to see how much I had burned or like lost in that amount of time. When in reality, I'm not really losing anything because you can't lose weight within an hour's worth of time. It's gradual, it's over time, it's within days or weeks or months. You can't just lose it or gain it within an hour. But my brain could not wrap the fact around that. But yeah, I weighed myself every single day, multiple times a day. And I would always measure my body as well. I would always look up calculators online that would tell me like my BMI and other different aspects of my body and if it was unhealthy or healthy or whatever and then I would always like measure myself and track how many calories I was supposed to eat for my body weight in order to lose weight or in order to maintain. 
I, I had a lot of different calculators I relied on online that had to do with body weight and stuff like that. The next one is frequent checking in the mirror for perceived flaws. I did this one a lot too. I remember every morning in high school I would always uh, check myself in the mirror. I would always turn to the side and see like what I looked like from the side. I would always like check my legs check my arms, see what I looked like at different angles. Like, I, I did that every single morning. It was like a ritual every single morning. And then when I got into college, I would see, like, just, like, little things. Like, during the day, I would try to wrap my fingers around my wrist to see if I could, you know, touch my finger end to end just by wrapping it around my wrist. And I would not feel satisfied if my fingers wouldn't touch um, after wrapping them around my wrist, which made me want to lose more weight. And I would always wrap my hands around my thighs to see if I could touch my fingers around my thighs. And it did get to the point where I could do that, and definitely now I cannot do that. But I would always see, like, how far I could go with checking myself out and I was so obsessed with the way that I looked. I was so conceited with how I looked, and I wanted to look more and more skinnier, the the more that I checked myself out and realized, like, oh, I'm not good enough just yet. Like, let me keep losing more weight. There was a big thing that I was mainly insecure about, and every single girl has this in some sort of way. Every girl has, like, a tiny, tiny little bit of, like, a pooch on their lower belly. And that is basically, like, I, I looked it up and I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like a protection of like your uterus or something like that. And every girl has it in some sort of way. And even when I was at my absolute skinniest, I still had like a tiny, tiny little pooch on my lower belly. And I was so insecure about it because I was so determined that that was fat and that was like weight that I could lose. But no matter how hard I tried, I was not going to lose that because that was a part of my body that was not going to go away. The next one I did not have much experience with, but there is one instance where this happened, and that is complaining about being fat or having parts of the bodies that are fat. Now, like I just said, I never really did that whole thing like, oh my gosh, I'm so fat, but I was anorexic. I never really had that except for one instance in particular I caught myself doing it and that was right before I went to the hospital. It was that, that Christmas break of 2019. I met up with one of my best friends from high school. Uh, we went to completely opposite sides of the world, well not the world, the United States for school. I went to Mississippi and he went all the way up in like Dang, I don't even know where this university is, but it's up in the north somewhere. I think it's, like, New Jersey or something. But we agreed to, like, meet up for the Christmas break because we had not seen each other in a very long time. And he had not seen me since I was, like, normal weight. So it was very shocking for him to see me anorexic at this point because I had not seen him in maybe six or seven months. And in that time period of six or seven months, I had lost, like, 60 pounds so it was a big shock to him already in general to see me that way but I remember seeing him and one of the first things that he told me was like 
I apologize. I've definitely suffered from the freshman 15, you know. And it's funny because I live right next to a gym and I don't even use it. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I understand. Don't worry. I definitely suffer from the freshman 15 too. Like, I really had the audacity to say that. And I feel absolutely, I feel like trash thinking about that. Because he was obviously kind of insecure that he was gaining a little bit of weight. And I'm over here, like, skin and bones. And I'm like, yeah, I totally gained the freshman 15 too, dude. Like, I was not fat whatsoever. And I had not gained weight in any way whatsoever. And I was, I was being like really selfish and stupid saying that I was fat as well when I wasn't and I feel I feel bad about that and I'm really glad that I never had any other experience where I said that I was fat like that because it makes me feel really mad at myself looking back at it this next one is covering up in layers of clothing definitely had this, I already just talked about this, um, I would go to class every single day in like four layers of clothing. I would go on runs in thick layers of clothing. I was always bundling up in every way possible. And I think for a lot of people that's to like hide their body. But honestly that wasn't the case for me. Like I didn't mind really showing off my body. My my reason for layering up so much was the fact that I was just cold all the time and I needed to layer up or else I was going to freeze to death. But yeah, I spent a lot of my freshman year of college bundled up all the time. This next one, definitely in the top five of symptoms that I absolutely just cannot stand that I had suffered from. And that is having a flat mood or lack of emotion. I definitely, definitely, definitely 100% suffered from this. I was so, so, like, monotone. If monotone was a person, it was me. <laughs> if that makes any sense to you. I, I had no emotion whatsoever. I had no, like, feelings for anything. I had no happy emotions, but I also didn't have any sad emotions. I was just like in the middle and I didn't experience anything because it kind of ties back to that whole like starvation mode kind of thing that I was talking about where after your body experiences starvation for so long, it just starts shutting down systems. And I think at that point, it, my brain was starting to shut down and the emotional part of my brain was kind of turned off and I had no emotion. I literally could not even tell you a time where I felt happy or sad throughout my entire period of anorexia. I just felt like I kind of flatlined the entire time. The next one is irritability. <laughs> I can definitely tell you now, there will be a lot of people that will say I suffered from this. I personally think that it was a, a bad habit of mine. I was very, very irritable a lot through anorexia, and that was mainly because a lot of times would come up where my disorder would come into conversation, and it was talked about in a negative way, and that would make me very, very, very upset. Like, I mean, I would get in screaming fights with people about this because it would make me so mad when people would bring up my disorder or the fact that I was anorexic. I would be so irritable, 
so mad all the time when stuff like this was brought up because I didn't want it to be brought up because I was so in denial that I was anorexic. But outside of that, I was also very irritable all the time. When I wasn't experiencing any sort of emotion, irritability was one of them that made its way in there. And this last one is a little bit personal, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Reduced interest in sex. <laughs> now, I'm going to go ahead and just say right now, I do not have an interest in sex still because... I am young, and I'm also not married, so I definitely don't have an interest in sex right now. But it's not just sex that I was a reduced interest. I'm pretty sure this ties to any sort of feeling of love or affection whatsoever, which I did not have. I had a very severe lack of affection and love in my life. I remember... My entire time suffering from an eating disorder, I had no desire whatsoever to have a boyfriend, and I kind of played it off as like, oh, I just, I just need to focus on college right now, I just need to focus on myself, I don't need a boyfriend right now. But in reality, I literally just did not have any sort of interest in love or romance whatsoever. And it was because I was suffering from anorexia, and that's a big symptom of it. You have a huge loss in libido, and you lose all of your drive for experiencing any kind of love, even outside of, like, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Like, just love in general from anybody, you don't experience that. You lose that feeling completely when you suffer from anorexia or an eating disorder. A lot of people don't realize that. And it's one of the main symptoms that suck the most because if you don't know me, I'm a very, like, I, I kind of want attention from a significant other a lot. Like, I kind of have separation anxiety. I don't like it if I'm not with my significant other or I don't spend a lot of time with my significant other because I have a little bit of issues with that. Like, I really like seeing the person that I love, and I, I like to spend time with the person that I love. And when I don't get that time, I get really sad. <laughs> and I always like to have that kind of affection in my life and that kind of love in my life. I literally had no desire whatsoever when I was suffering from this. I had no desire for any of that. And when I got my first boyfriend... After I had started recovery from anorexia, my whole entire mood had changed completely. And that was because, you know, I'd kind of woken up a little bit and I'd kind of realized, like, you know, this feeling is there somewhere. I need to bring it out of me. But, like, the first few months, or not few months, first few weeks, maybe, that I was dating this guy, I didn't really have much love in my body. That's because I was still suffering a little bit from anorexia, but I was in the phases of recovery. And after months went on of dating this person, you know, he kind of drew the romance and love back out of me. And now I feel it, like, 100% again, and I'm back to how I used to be. And I, I definitely feel love, and I feel affection from people. And that's what makes me really happy, is having that in my life. But I had that, I didn't have that at all when I was suffering from anorexia. And it was so sad to not be able to experience that ever. 
Alright, and there you go. That was all the symptoms listed and all of my personal experiences with each one of them. I hope this gave you a little bit better insight of how painful of a life it is to live with anorexia and how recovery healed me and shaped me into a much healthier and happier person. I definitely don't want anyone to experience what I did. I don't want anyone to ever suffer from those experiences or any of those symptoms because I chose to live a very, very unhealthy life and I regret it 100%. But like I said before, I learned from these mistakes and when I was shown recovery, it helped me get back up on my feet again. And like I said, this is probably one of my number one reasons why I chose recovery. I wanted to stop living like this and experiencing everything that I just listed off to you. Everything that I just told you, it made my life so much harder. It made my life so much more miserable and I just wanted that to stop and I knew that choosing recovery was going to be the only option to make it stop. Trust me, you do not want to go through anything I just talked about. But if you feel like you are creeping down that path, I say this in every episode, do not be scared to reach out, do not be afraid to talk to someone. I will gladly listen to you if you need to talk, but there are also many, many health professionals out there that will help you and listen to you as well. I will leave all the numbers and all the websites to different hotlines in the description of this episode for you to have access to in case you need them. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening, and remember to stay safe and stay healthy.